Hey, pop stars. Welcome to this latest episode of the Wind Down Rewind, where we rewind the latest in entertainment and pop culture news. Hey, Tammy, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you, Eddie? I am doing well. It has been a while since we've gotten together to talk the Rewind. It has. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. There's a lot going on. Of course, it seems like we start every episode with a rest in peace. So um, rest in peace to Aaron Carter. Uh, 34, he was 34. He passed away. Um, I hadn't heard what, how he uh, passed. Um, had you? Um, released the cause? He was, was found unresponsive. Um, they're thinking it has to do with drugs because, you know, he... Um, you know, dealt with uh, drug addiction and, you know, uh, men- mental illness for years. He was very, very public about um, his struggles. Um, and all that's been released so far is that he was found unresponsive. Yeah, so, um, you know, thoughts and prayers to his family, his friends, brother Nick um, and the Backstreet Boys. Um, he had a really uh, poignant post just, you know, asking God to take care of his baby brother. So um, that's always that and then um takeoff um of the Migos he was 28 and he um was unfortunately shot um uh here in Houston so um about a week or so ago um which was unfortunate um seems like he was just a bystander and something so senseless um which one is the one with Cart that was with Cardi B uh that's Offset Offset okay yeah, they're cousins. Takeoff and Offset are cousins. And then Quavo is Takeoff's uncle. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's just, it's really sad over a fucking dice game that he wasn't even involved in. It's, it's just crazy. Um, makes you wonder, when will the craziness stop? Never. So, never. Um, <laughs> so turning real quick to get the, get the heavy stuff out the way. Um, the midterms, were you surprised by the results of any of the midterm elections or that they're still shouting um, in some places? I don't know if necessarily it's surprised, but I had really, really hoped that um, the Democrats would be able to hold on to the House, um, even if it was by one or two seats. I really was like crossing my fingers and my feet and everything, trying to hope that they'd be able to um, keep control of the House and the Senate at the same time. Um, but uh, other than that, the one surprise uh, that I really, really had um, was that there's going to be a runoff in Georgia because Herschel Walker, uh, Warnock did not get over 50% of the votes. And so there's going to be a runoff between him and Herschel Walker uh, for the Senate seat, which is crazy because that's kind of how Warnock um, got his seat in the first place, right? How uh, the the first place was, you know, the special seat and everything like that. So it's kind of like he's in the same situation he was in when he first got his seat and then having to run again and being in this situation against someone that is in no way, shape or form on his level uh, politically, mentally, emotionally, in any type of way, shape, or form. So that that, that surprised me. But um, other than that, I wasn't surprised about um, anything else. Disappointed in some things, but not surprised. Yeah, um, there's still a slim chance uh, for the House once they count. Um, 
like I said, that that's slimmer, but um, I was hoping so too. But if we retain, if we can retain the Senate, which it's looking like we will, um, or Democrats will, then um, it's not much the House can do. Um, they won't be able to really pass any bills, any of the stupidity that is going to come out of the House. And they are going to elect for leadership. I can't say that there won't be any damage done. Um, if the Dems retain the Senate, it will be hopefully minimal at best. You'll probably get a lot of stupid, unnecessary hearings just um, out of revenge. Uh, you know, hearings, um, just a lot of wasting taxpayer time and money. But yeah, um, I'm with you. But you know, that was why they were. Um, so hell bent on getting that gerrymandering through. Um, so to to ensure um, to make it harder to maintain the house, um, which gerrymandering is what the version of the popular of the electoral college. Um, yes, it is. Uh, you know, I and I agree with you. Um, uh, did you see the reverend um, that he went viral taking down Herschel Walker explaining um, how Herschel Walker basically is their caricature of us and their stereotype of black people and what they expect from us and how they expect. it was a masterful takedown. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't vote Herschel Walker for dog catcher, let alone even vote, vote for him for head of the trash men's union or whatever but let alone to be a freaking united states senator and that um 48 of the people who voted in georgia um think that he's qualified uh, or or ignored the fact that he's not qualified um because there's no you you can't ignore how fucking dumb there's no way around it there's nothing there, there's nothing redeeming about him. If you're using your common sense, there is nothing that would lead the right mind to think Herschel Walker is fit to do that job in any way, shape, or nothing. You know, um, but again, it's if you're using your common sense. And I'm with you. I was really, um, I really hated the fact, and I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed that. Uh, Texans voted to keep Abbott. Um, just like what I don't know what that says about state, really. Um, I have a theory. The man who let what? What is it? No, go ahead. Go ahead. You want to finish your thought? I was just going to say the man who let the lights, who told parents literally on the worst day of their lives that it could have been worse. Um, a whole town that suffered worst day of their lives it could have been worse um you know i yeah it it it's what's, what's your theory um so what i would say about that because uh it's hilarious um you know being what um our job is i get always get a lot of people around election time who come directly to me to get my thoughts on things um, people who normally don't talk to me at all about this stuff because they know how um, left I am. Um, and the one thing I will say is um, not enough people in the cities vote. Um, 
a lot of us do vote because, but we think of it as in majority of the people live in the cities, but everybody doesn't vote who are in the city, right? Like they just look at it as in, well, I mean, Texas is red, it's Republican, like nothing's going to change. So I'm not even going to go out and vote. Um, But people in the suburbs and in the rural areas vote. They come out every election and they vote. And of course that goes into the fact of they close down um, voting sites uh, to make it harder for you to vote. Um, I stood in line for two hours uh, to cast my vote this time, um, which was very different from last time um, that Abbott was running because I, my like it was quick, it was in and out. Um, Now it was two hours. Like that was definitely a different experience um, for me. Um, So I think that some people are sometimes like scared or they don't necessarily understand how important it is. Um, I also want to have a little conversation with the black community because we bitch and we moan about how we don't get nothing and how everybody else gets what they want, but we never get anything, which is a little selfish mindset of us. We're a little self-centered in that way because uh, the Hispanic community as well doesn't get what they want um, a lot of times. But um when, when that happens, then all of a sudden it's just like, well, you know, I'm going to stop voting for the Democrats because they're just not doing what they promised me they were going to do. Democrats have the hardest job in government because they have to cater because they're the liberal side of our government. They have to cater to so many different groups. Republicans have to cater to one, just one. And so, no, we will never get exactly what we want and what we need. And that's the reason why we need to step up ourselves and start doing our own shit. And also stop making it seem like Black people who are educated and who speak educated, that all of a sudden they're elitist. Because that's one reason why Stacey Abrams lost Georgia. Because they look at her and they see her as an elitist. Because she's highly educated. So um, we need to start making being acceptable of the small steps like our ancestors were who were fighting in the civil rights movement and had to work on those small steps and be happy with the small steps that led to the big bills that ultimately became laws that took them decades and we bitch and moan when we don't get something that we want in two three years mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna get off my uh <laughs> my pedestal now sorry no, i mean it just, it, 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 ooh, it just irks my soul because i'm like I, I'm sorry, like, I'm going to just say right now, I voted down ticket, like fully down ticket. I didn't know who most of those people were, but I'm voting down ticket because I understand what the importance is of putting enough Democrats in power that they can start fulfilling the promises that they have been making to us for years. But if we do not give them enough power to do it, how can we complain when they, you literally put them over the line and you expect them to do all this stuff? They can't do all this stuff with only 50 votes in the Senate. They just can't. Mm-hmm. They, they can't do it when they're losing seats in the House. Like, it, it's just not possible. So, you know, we, we need to start being able to accept those small steps and working towards those small steps rather than expecting huge things all at once. It's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Um, I, I think that, you, you know, you said that beautifully. And 
you know me, nothing changes if nothing changes. And I always tell people there's no such thing as a perfect candidate. Um, especially here now, you've got to go with the lesser of the two evils sometimes. It comes down to that. Um, you've got to vote. And sometimes it's not just about you. You have to think about what this country means as a whole. You know, um, you can't just get to where you want to be and say, oh, and forget where and forget where you were. You know, sometimes um, that's what I'll say. We forget where we came from, especially some of us. Uh, we'll forget the struggles. You know, Herschel Walker didn't grow up in the elitist circles that he tries to run around in and that make fun of him behind his back and that put him out there as a fucking puppet, you know. But as long as you're carrying their water now, you're okay. Forget where you grew up, you know, forget what you know life to be and still is for people out there, you know. Um, so I, I agree with you. Um, and Stacey Abrams, you know, her problem, uh, Black people actually did show up for her in Georgia, which I'm, I'm happy to hear, you know, because there are some questions about that, especially when it came to Black men. And I know um, we talked did about- Black men show up as well? Because I know that they, was her big, that was her big problem with the Black community. Actually, they did. <clears throat> okay. They did. Her problem was not us. It was them. Was them. Yeah. Um, they, they're the ones who did not elect her, but we, we showed up for her and I, I was, I was happy to see that, um, you know, uh, and I, yeah, I, I, so I'm, I'm hoping, I'm praying that we are able to maintain the Senate. Um, Nevada looks like they're still counting, but Nevada looks like it, it hopefully will swing our way, um, which takes some of the pressure off of Georgia, but he still doesn't. I, and I'm still not going to say even if we get Nevada that we don't need Georgia because there's no way in hell Herschel Walker needs to be in the fucking U.S. Senate, period. Point blank. Period. Period. <laughs> yes, <a> period. With a T. At all. You know, um, only way he needs to make his ass into the congressional building is if he's going on a fucking tour. But that is it. He doesn't need to, he doesn't need to have full-time access to that at all. Um, to imagine him being on a committee, none of that, none of it. So um, not surprising, DeSantis retained Florida. Now him and Mango Mussolini are at odds publicly because, you know, um, I think Republicans are mad that they didn't get their fucking red wave. They want to blame Trump. No, blame yourselves for throwing all your eggs in the Trump basket. Um, the 2020 election should have told you. Um, Y'all had plenty of chances to dump the dude and you, you still have not. So whatever. Um, all I will say is that people thinking DeSantis is a better version of Trump. No, um, he's a smarter version of Trump, which makes him more dangerous than Trump um, because he knows how to play the game. And he's the version that can get elected president. Yes. And that is fucking scary. Um, pay, so that's why I tell people, pay attention to what is happening in Florida. Pay attention to Florida politics, because that is fucking scary. Um, but, you know, so we'll see. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully by our next episode, we will have, um, with the exception of Georgia, all of the counting um, will be done. Um, and uh, we will have a more clear-cut picture of what is going to of what it's going to be what's going to happen. Um, one of the things I found surprising: uh, Did you hear about Tiffany Cross being out at MSNBC like effective immediately? Yes, I did. Um, 
I that shocked the shit out of me. I'm like, what the hell happened? And the timing is so suspicious because n- they really haven't said why she was let go, but it comes on the heels of the people at Faux News making her public enemy number one. And she had the highest rated show, um, not just amongst Black people. Her show is really popular with Black people, but she has the highest rated weekend show on MSNBC. So people were tuning in to the Cross Connection to watch her show. So I, I, I'm like, what happened? Like, I have you heard anything? I didn't. I just heard that she was out. So like, I thought, I was thinking along the lines of um, she got an offer at another network and she just needs to wait until her non-compete is over. I don't know. I was thinking maybe somebody stole her um, from them. Um, but yeah, like, because she she's definitely a very outspoken individual. And um, I just remember when she would go on Morning Joe and she was not about this playing politics on Morning Joe. Like she would keep it straight, keep it real. And they stopped inviting her um, because she went after one of their friends on the show live on TV. And, um, but she kept, she kept moving. She kept chucking along, you know, and then she got her own show. So it is kind of crazy because I think that she was doing a phenomenal job on her show. When I did catch it, um, I definitely enjoyed um, the dynamics because I felt her show was more real than a lot of other shows that are playing politics. I understand the political shows, but you know what I mean by saying playing politics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm definitely interested to see what her next move is going to be since um, it's not MSNBC anymore. Yeah, and we know it won't be CNN because, you know, CNN is turning into Fox Light um, since it's owned by one of the man- Mango Mussolini's cronies um, now. So uh, it, it, it's just interesting. Um, like I said, I just found the timing interesting. And some um, people, uh, Jamel Hill and some others, are wanting an, an, a sit-down with MSNBC to, to, to find out what happened. Because like I said, this came completely out of left field. Um, I know she had responded to, uh, to, you know, to the attacks, but Joy Reid responds to the attacks um, from, from the faux news crowd, Tucker, um, Fucker, and all of them. So I, like I said, I, I just, I, I don't know. It is completely out of left field um, to to know what happened. And did I like? Did it come from the higher ups at MSNBC? Like, I don't know. It was just weird. So we'll see. Hopefully, um, we will get more details. And um, I hope she does land on her feet because, like you said, when I when I was able to catch her show, um, I enjoyed it too. And she and she was not one to play politics. She was not one to bite her tongue. Um, she, she called out everybody. So, and, and you can appreciate people like that. It was, if, if you were going to get in your feels, that is not the show for you. And she was not the person for you to talk to, um, regardless, you know? So, uh, speaking of, uh, news, have you been keeping up with what's been going on at Twitter? Like, no, I haven't even been on Twitter in like forever. Um, but behind the scenes, no. Right. Okay. So 
I yeah, I I haven't made it a secret. I was never a fan of the dude, the musky one, muskrat taking over Twitter. No one was a fan of muskrat taking over Twitter. Um, everyone, like I said about Herschel Walker, everyone with some sense, everyone who's using their common sense, regardless of how you feel, whether you're a muskrat fan or not, if you're using your common sense, you had to know that it was going to be a clusterfuck. You had to know it was going to be a bad idea. You didn't think, though, that it would just be so clusterfuckery, so much clusterfuckery within two weeks of the dude taking over. Like, it is so bad. And it, it's like a comic. It's just like a clusterfuck of comedy. Like, the other day, people were on Twitter saying, hey, Elon, why don't you go buy Fox News next? But like, has anything actually changed of Twitter? Like, yeah. I mean, actual Twitter? Oh. Rather than people just talking about the fact that he bought it. Yeah. So you want to talk about let's change. Um, he's fired over half of the staff, laid them off. Then he had to stop laying off the staff because of uh, bonuses and clauses and all of that kind of stuff. So that's the business end. But um, so he wanted, you know, because he wants to make his money back because he realizes that he grossly overpaid. Um Twitter, I think they said was worth between 10 and 15 billion dollars. He paid 44 billion for it. So now you know why Twitter was going so hard on getting their money and getting out, right? So in an effort to try to recoup his money, one like his second day of owning Twitter, he goes on and he says, "We're going to start paying." You, you, and remember, his big deal was what free speech, right? Mm-hmm. So he goes on, he's like, well, we're going to charge $20 for you to be verified now. What? <laughs> so free speech isn't really free. Then Stephen King was like, why am I going to pay $20 for something that I'm already getting for free? And it's not a benefit for me. So all the verified people were like, we're the reasons that people come on Twitter. You know, why are you going to charge us? You should be paying us. But that's neither here nor there. So then he goes, okay, well, what about $8? And people are like, you really think Stephen King can't afford $20? You're missing the whole point here. So he comes out with this whole subscription. It's called Twitter Blue, all right? $8. Mm-hmm. Anyone can be verified for $8. Ask the question. <laughs> ask it. Like, ask it. Wait, what? I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, but I can't put my mind around okay, this. Okay, so you know, the popcorn wind down. Love us. We're on Twitter. Popcorn wind down. Can be verified. To be verified for, for $8. $8. That's it. That's all we would have had to do. But you pay. don't know who's actually running it, though. Exactly. And so, if it's the actual person. Exactly. Okay. So then he comes up with this whole idea. So he launches it some. Now remember, the dude's only owns the company for two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So he comes up with this idea one night. So then, like one day last week, the, all the verified people had something that said official. So they would have the verified check, and then under it, it said official, right? Mm-hmm. Overnight, he didn't like that, so he t- he dropped the official, so you could no longer tell because that was the people question. That was the question people were asking. Well, how do you know if who's going to be verified if it's really that person? If anyone can pay eight bucks and be verified, right? Mm-hmm. So then they had locked it so that you couldn't change your name on Twitter. So for like 48 hours, because to try to solve the whole verified problem, I guess, right? 
So for 48 hours, Doja Cat couldn't change her name and she had typed in her name as Christmas or something, right? So you know how people type in all these weird things just for their handle, but it has their official at whatever? Yeah. So, th- so it was locked and they couldn't change their name. So then people were getting mad at that. Then it puts on there. So if you wanted to know who was paying for their subscription to be verified, then all you had to do is click on a bio and it says verify because I subscribe to Twitter. So I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so then all of a sudden they, they came up, verify Elon Musk accounts, verify Twitter accounts, verify Tesla accounts. The one for <laughs> Tesla was funny, like, oh, we're the bomb, just like our cars blow up. I mean, just all this shit. It oh. was hilarious. Eli Lilly, the, the pharmaceutical company, they lost billions of dollars yesterday because um, on their account, someone had typed in, they had they created a fake Eli Whitley account. Although you can't say it was fake because it was verified, right? That mm-hmm. insulin was going to be free. That what's going to be free? Insulin. Ooh. So once they had to go back and say, no, this isn't true, stock tank. So you, and girl, they even verified Jesus. <laughs> How do you verify Jesus? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. It was, what, what I crazy? told you, it was a clusterfuck of comedy. So guess what? Oh, you remember how everything for a time, everyone was like, oh, it lasted our, a Scarmucci. They were like, Twitter Blue didn't even make it a full Scarmucci. <laughs> oh, it's so, already gone? It's already gone because it was causing like a clusterfuck. So um, I forgot who it was. One newspaper, one magazine, something. They were like, they were trying to get in touch with uh, Muskrat to interview him to find out about the changes, right? Mm-hmm. Twitter no longer has a communications department. Wait, what? You're the second largest social media company in the fucking world and you no longer have everybody a- uses Twitter around yes. the world. Yes. And you no longer have a communications department. Your legal, your legal person, the head of your legal department has already told people, um, get uh make sure all your ducks are in a row, uh, get whistleblower protections, like it is bad every day it's just funny so this whole site that you bought as a vanity project so people would stop talking bad about you oh they're talking so bad about you and then he suspended uh he permanently suspended kathy griffin for uh making fun of him like she made a fake account and she just started making fun of him but it was really just her account i think she just changed the name or something so yeah, he he suspend he banned her for life. It was it's a it's been a comedy. Wait, he banned her for life. What happened to freedom of speech? But it, you know <laughs> when you're making when you're making fun of uh, him and his fragility, you know I'm like you really got bullied as a kid, right? Like he must have. He must have. Yeah. So I'm just like, he was not been, liked. Yeah, and now he's already talking about the possibility of bankruptcy and all of this kind of stuff, and I'm just like, wow. Why did he buy it in the first place? Because he got mad because people were making fun of him, and then I guess he wanted to buy it to appease um, his his friend, Domingo Mussolini, and, you know, and uh, 
he got mad when he said he was going to let Trump and Kanye back on and Twitter revolted and like, no, and it, it's just bad. Like it, so I'm sure the behind the scenes and the actual morale at the company itself is a hell of a lot worse than what we're seeing. So yeah, but I'm like, you spent $44 billion just to run something into the fucking ground. Well, if he runs it into the ground, they can't make fun of him no more, can they? <laughs> you know, so Which I'm like... Which is crazy, because if Twitter goes, like, yeah, that's... That hits the whole world. It does. and Like, that has an effect all over. Yeah, and Europe, uh, some of the governments in Europe are already talking about filming. The FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, um, they're getting involved because I think something about he was supposedly buying the Eli Lilly stock when it was really low, when it was tanking. Um, and then just a bunch of other shit. Like, it's bad. Um, it, it's bad, bad. And I'm like, dude, we knew it would be bad, but just two weeks in and it's this bad, like, you are not the genius people claim you to be at all. Well, he could be a genius in one way. It doesn't mean you're a genius all the way around. Like, why don't people understand that? Like, genius is a department thing. It's departmentalized on your genius. You could be a genius in one way, but that don't mean that you're a genius all around. It also don't mean you got common sense. Yeah, I, I'm, the more I find out about the dude, the less and less I, I'm, I'm inclined to call him a genius. He's just a, he's just a, a rich bully, like a rich baby who 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 wants he's that kid that like we said that was unfortunately bullied I'm not condoning bullies but he's that kid that was unfortunately bullied and then um who never had a date and so then when he gets rich it's just like oh okay you know that's still (laughs) socially awkward weird kid that's just I yeah but he's an asshole so uh, and I hate that because I actually Twitter is the one social media site besides Instagram that I actually go in because you find out things like really immediately on Twitter, you know. Um, so that's and, how I find out what's going on in the world. Yeah, and so it's just like okay, um, that and YouTube. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it's just sad that he that he's running it into the ground. He's taking something that could have been that if he really had the genius or if he would listen to people because even. I forgot, it was Jack Dorsey and someone else, Jack the former founder or the founder and former owner of Twitter and someone else, they tried offering him some some advice about what to do, how to run the company, about the things that he could do to help. But dude, you're just just hemorrhaging money. So it's just like, whatever. Um, Anyway, we'll see what happens. So I guess we'll put that in the to be continued or in the warm up pile, it's still warming. We haven't heard the last of that, I'm sure. Um, news about Brittany Griner. Uh, they sent her to one of the harshest penal colonies in Russia. Um, I, I'm kind of surprised. But then again, I'm not. What about you? Um, I mean, Russia did not get what they thought they could get from America by um, punishing her as harshly as they did. And so um, it's kind of like, now we got to fully follow through. Like, are y'all really going to let us do this um, to one of your citizens who didn't even really do anything major? Like, it's kind of like they're seeing how far can we go before the U.S. actually crumbles. And um, Russia, if you're listening, 
Hope you're not, but if you are. Um, yeah, we're not falling for it. So unfortunately, it's really sad to think along this line. But unfortunately, she gonna serve her time. She's collateral. She got caught up in something that has absolutely nothing to do with her. She is collateral damage. But many Americans do. Yeah, That's the sad thing is, um, she's collateral damage in a geopolitical war that had nothing to do with her. And the thing is, it all ties. Unfortunately, it all ties back to the Ukraine and and giving them what they want. And I'm sure to get her is stop aiding the Ukraine, give us the, the doctor of death and just all these things that are, you know, too, and I hate, and I'm with you, I hate saying it, that will probably be too much, too high of a price to pay. And that, that guts me to say that it really does. Um, so yeah, that's, that's something we're also going to have to keep in the keep popping. Cause I'm sure we have not heard the end of it, but, um, thoughts and prayers to her family to her stay strong and i i can't only imagine i can't even imagine i i can't um it's just sad um staying with sports you heard about Kyrie? i know you're mm. not a Did I ever, you know i don't follow sports eddie <laughs> you know i don't follow sports but i sure don't follow this story though um yeah we we talked about it didn't we the beginnings of it, right? No, we haven't talked about. Oh, okay. Oh, because mm-hmm. it was just Kanye on his anti-Semitic. Yeah, we we ain't never get to Kyrie. Kyrie. Oh, this, okay. is, this is during the little uh break that we took. Okay. Um. So Kyrie uh kind of hopped on uh Kanye's anti-Semitic train. Who's just gone full out Nazi, from my understanding. Whatever, but you know, no need to rehash that because he's just batshit at this point um but so he tweeted out a link to an anti-semitic video and it was about the time that kanye was in the news every day every other day so i think it got overlooked a little bit and then um of course it was on twitter um they picked it up they realized what it is and kyrie Irving, being one of the biggest names in basketball and sports you know is going to get that attention so the Nets didn't initially say anything publicly. Um, they said that they tried to handle all of it internally with uh, Kyrie. They were trying to go the education route, the talk to him route, the understand and listen route. Um, you know, they and everything seemed to be okay. Um, he it, he and the Nets both donated five hundred thousand dollars to the Anti Defamation League. They said they had conversations with Kyrie. They seemed productive. He seemed to understand. Then fast forward to about a week ago now. uh, It's a press conference. Everyone was expecting Kyrie to apologize. And Kyrie goes on this word salad of a statement. And basically, how can I be anti-Semitic when I know where I came from? (laughs) What's the gist of it? And I'm like, what? So within hours of that, he was suspended for five games, minimal. Um, he had uh, the NBA commissioner, and this was from, not from the league. This was the Brooklyn Nets themselves suspending him. Um, the NBA commissioner um, set a meeting with him. 
So, uh, you know, he didn't have to fly anywhere because the NBA league offices are in New York. Um, and so it came out this week that um, Nike suspended him. Uh, you know, he, he, he is a big brand ambassador for Nike and he has great shoes, by the way. Um, great. I, I, I actually love his shoes. They, they, they make, he makes some nice shoes, but um, I don't own a pair, but. Um, and so his Nike partnership um, is in the air. Um, but after his conversation with um, Adam Silver, who is the commissioner of the NBA, um, and some other people, I think uh, he, someone from the Anti-Defamation League or someone in the Nets owner, they're saying that they don't really believe that he's anti-Semitic, but he hasn't necessarily just come out and apologized. Um, so I'm like, okay, uh, what do you think? <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so it's gonna be good. <laughs> All right, like I said before, I'll say it again. I don't follow sports. I I don't watch sports. Me and Eddie can never have a true conversation about sports. Um, the only reason why I know who Kyrie Irving is is because I believe he was one of the players who refused to get the COVID shot, right? Yeah. Okay. And so that's the, you know, first time I really paid attention to his name. Like, I know the big names in sports, but I, I really never paid attention to who he was. Um, so then this comes out. Now, first thing is, you tweet this video, and if you watch the video, because um, from what I hear, the, the, the movie, the documentary that um, he sent, the, like he posted the link for, um, starts off with anti-Semitic thoughts and anti-Semitic statements off the bat. Um, they mentioned Henry Ford multiple times, who everybody knows was an anti-Semitic individual. Like he had a whole newspaper dedicated to his anti-Semitic thoughts. And um, then when they ask you to just come out and say that you're not anti-Semitic, you double down. Um, so when you could, he could have just ended it right then and there. Instead of doing that, he doubles down. And I don't know if he thought because he's Kyrie Irving that this is how it's going to roll. But I don't know how y'all have not learned yet that the Jewish community ain't the black community. Okay, they are not forgiven of anti-Semitic thoughts, statements at all. Now, the black community, we're going to make excuses for you. Because they make excuses for Kanye for years. We're going to make excuses, not the Jewish community. Okay, and they'll shut it down completely. And that's what he's learning right now. And so instead of you just apologizing, you double down. And then when they ask you, can you just come out and say that you're not anti-Semitic? And then you double down again, because he did it twice. He doubled down twice. And then from there, that's when the consequences started to come, because he refused to apologize. He refused to take it back, and he refused to delete the tweet. He kept the tweet up. He refused to delete it. So now you're dealing with the consequences of what you put out there. So even if people feel that he's not anti-Semitic, that don't mean shit because your actions 
are promoting you as an anti what how do you call those people anti-semite is that what it'd be called it would be promoting mm -hmm. you as an anti-semite because when you have the opportunity to publicly come out and say that you are not you refused so now you have to pay the money okay hit you in the pocket because people always feel that first then they suspended you from five games minimum and then they told you you can't play at all until you meet with the leaders of the Jewish community, until you go through um, anti-hate training, until you visit the, uh, what is it? The Holocaust Memorial or something like that um, center and talk to um, other people in the Jewish community. Like there's like five or six things that he needs to do before he's even allowed on the court. And then he wants to apologize. And then he pays his money. And then he agrees with it. And then he even has to meet with the head of the Nets. Like the Nets owner or Nets manager or whatever whatever they're called. He has to meet with them and prove that he has learned his lesson. Like, yeah. Um, you ain't Kanye. And also, Kanye lost a billion dollars. Was it two billion? A billion. Um, as soon as that Adidas contract was canceled, he no he, longer a billionaire, right? He's no, he lost his billionaire status. A exactly. So Kanye West lost his billionaire status, and he came out and boldly said that Adidas wouldn't do it. And Adidas, I'm, I'm, I feel like he pushed Adidas up against the wall, and Adidas says, "Well, now you told me to leak, so now we got a full on jump." Yeah. And go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, so like, so Kanye West is suffering the consequences. And what I know, like I was talking to some people and they're like really upset because they're like, oh, well, they're going extreme because Kanye West and them, they've been anti-Black and ain't nothing happened to them. You know why ain't nothing happened to him? Because we when didn't demand anything to happen. Yes, because we, 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 didn't, we didn't issue the consequences that he deserved for being anti-Black to his own community. That is the reason why. That is the reason why Kanye West was never punished. Because if we're not willing to punish him, ain't no company going to cut him off. Mm -mm. They'd be like, well, Black people still accept him, so we're going to still ride with him. You know, but, and, and go ahead. No, and the, like the last thing I'll say is, y'all, I'm going to tell you right now, we are too forgiving of that. Just because you happen to share our skin color and happen to be of the culture, don't mean you about the culture. And that's what we learned with Kanye West. And what we also need to learn is other communities are not as forgiving. It don't matter if you black, it don't matter if you feel that black people are the original Jews, it, that does not matter. They will cut you off and chop you up in a second for your thought process. Because when the Holocaust happened, they said it will never happen again and they have made sure of it generation after generation they have passed it down where you see this is what happened when we let our guard down do not ever let anyone say anything that could possibly lead to this event again and they have set forth on that path that is what the jewish community does us 
oh, it's all, all it's all hands on deck and you got to forgive them and this and that. And so, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like Kyrie Irving, you get what you deserve. Like you shouldn't have doubled down and then tripled down on it and then expect that you weren't going to have consequences. And now don't expect that, oh, they're going too hard and they're pushing you too hard. No, it's just that the black community don't push you hard enough. That's yeah. my thought process. Hey, I, I can't say that I, I, I disagree with a lot of it, most of it. Um, free speech isn't free. It's not. Um, and hey, I think that's something that uh, we must And it only applies to the government. It does. And I think that's something Muskrat is learning. You paid $44 <laughs> billion for something that gotten for free if you had thicker skin. You know, you, you could take this, you thought, take, and I think it's the same thing. The parallel I'm going to make is you're bigger in the game because you have the name, because you have the money. Um, and Kyrie is not by any means a dumb person. Um, um, Duke is a damn good school. Um, he is a, how do I say this? He's a very man but I've never seen someone who is so smart to be so stupid he's smart and yet he's a full intellectual at the same time um, flat I, I don't know maybe he's so smart that he just tries to find ways to prove that he's smart and wants to think outside the box you know for me it's not just this it's a culmination of all of the Kyrie antics the whole flat earth shit okay if you're one of those flat earth I'm not mad at you for that but when people one you can't you double down you know one of those people he because he says it and he's so smart he's standing behind that education then you should just believe it like that person who went to harvard and yell and to Ivy, and they feel like they can say anything and that's enough to back them up they don't have to explain or actually try to have a conversation with you about their thought process that's him that faux intellectual because i said it and i'm Kyrie, and i went here and I've read all these books, but what are you just because you read, you know, uh, you 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 fall down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole on YouTube. Okay, your views about COVID. Well, you you're going against science. They're not going to do anything to hurt you. So you it's just all and it's such a distraction to the team. But here's the most important thing I think. The Brooklyn Nets, since Kyrie has been suspended postseason has turned around they went from a dumpster fire to now one of the hottest teams in the league <laughs> it's like what do you do um they were they fired their coach they did fire steve nash but it had nothing really to do with the client with the Kyrie. Situation. steve nash was their coach yeah um they were gonna hire i may Imidoka from Boston. Um, we know his situation we talked about before. Hell of a coach. Um, they were going to hire him, but bringing him in on top of the, the Kyrie thing was just way too much. So they hired Jock Bond, who was already part of Steve Nash's team, and, uh, and, and the guys seemed to have a good rapport with him. So it's neither here nor there, but they, they came out publicly and basically said, yeah, we didn't hire our first choice, which I don't know if that's fair to Jock because of this shit here, you know? So it's my thing. It's like, okay, um, 
how do you handle that? Even if he does complete all of that, do you fuck with the chemistry of your team and how well they're playing now? And there's no Kyrie is a hell of a player, but is he worth the fucking distractions? Is everything that comes with Kyrie? That's just a question I'm putting out there for, you know, whenever his suspension is up. Um, Do I think he should be suspended permanently or banned? No, I do not. But um, I just say to any team or whatever, the Nets, is he worth the price of admission? Um, is, is, is having Kyrie on your team shit you're going to have to deal with? Because it's not a matter of when, if the next thing comes up with him, it's just a matter of when the next thing is going to come up with what clusterfuck is it going to be? So that's just where we seem to be at this moment. But yeah. Um. Black Panther, Wakanda forever, Wakanda forever, Black Panther, Black Panther. You've already seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Later, so uh, I I I look forward to pos- to having a conversation with you about that. But it goes to a hundred million dollars on its first day. So, do you think it's in line to be one of the highest grossing Marvel films ever? Do you think it'll do better than Spider Man No Way? What do you think? Um, maybe one of the highest grossing movies, uh, definitely not going to get higher than Spider-Man. Okay. All right. I can, I can live with that. Well, um, I will table the rest of the conversation for, you know, when we can actually have a, a real conversation about it, but I am excited. Um, and it has been getting really good reviews, um, for the most part. So, um, I, I look forward to actually being able to weigh in on that conversation. Um, I know you did not ever see Black Adam, and I can say, uh, there's no rush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, wait, wait till it hits uh, HBO Max or a streamer. Um, there's no rush. It's not horrible. Um, for a DC movie, it's okay. It's one of the better ones that they've put out lately. Um, and based on that, I can say that it's trending in the right direction, that DC seems to be trending in the right direction. Um, at the, um, Henry Cavill, it was announced that he's returning as Superman. Um, I'm excited about that. I actually think Henry Cavill made a great Superman. Um, Patton had a lot of choices, him, Brendan Ralph, and then, you know, Christopher Reeve, who had the role forever. But I thought he was really good as Superman. I just thought the problem was that he didn't have great material to work with. Um, that I guess, um, as, as you were something something was always missing and it wasn't him he to me was not the problem with the superman movies um are you excited about his i'm still on the fence about him as by i'm not spider-man sorry (laughs) superman um and the reason why is and i guess it's a weird reason because it takes him out of the witcher role no 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 I look at him and I just find him to be too good looking and too buff (laughs) to be Spider-Man. I mean, oh my God, to be Superman, but also Clark Kent. Like that's like, it's like, maybe he's a good Superman, but I don't see him as Clark Kent. And I think that could be what it is, right? So it's kind of like, and maybe this is the reason why I keep saying Spider-Man. Um, it's kind of like Spider-Man, right? Um, so people used to say, you know, Tobey Maguire was 
a great Spider-Man. Eh, he was a right, as you know, regular old dude, Peter Parker. And then you have like Andrew, wait, or was it the other way around? He was a great Peter Parker. Okay, Spider-Man. But but okay, Spider-Man. Thank you. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Because when I, when I was about to say Andrew Garfield, I said, I don't, I think it's the opposite. Um, and then Andrew Garfield was a good Spider-Man. He was all right as Peter Parker. And then Tom Holland brings it together, right? So Tom Holland, I think, um, my opinion, is a great Spider-Man as well as a great Peter Parker. Um, like he was just a great cast, like great casting when they casted him in the role. And, but when I look at um, Henry Cavill, like that's what I see. Like he's, he's sexy. He's a really, really good looking guy and he's really buff. And I, that's Superman. I don't see that as Clark Kent. Um, so like, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm always on the fence. So maybe I'll see what they can bring next time for the movies because he really didn't have great material anyway. So he couldn't really show off his Clark Kent compared to his um, Superman. But so we'll see. But I'm still on the fence of um, him as Superman. Well, I, I, I really like. I, I forgot when I was talking about Superman. I was talking about the movies. Um, God, before he went full on MAGA ass hat. Dean Cain um, was a good. He was good as both. Um, yes, and Lois he was. Clark, he he was, was good as both. Um, and so I I remember that. And I also think Tyler Hecklin, um, on the uh the new Superman now. Uh, gosh, I forgot the the full yes. title of it. But yes. I, yes, I think Tyler Hecklin um, makes a great Superman. And I realized and a great Clark Kent. Like I see great, him as Clark Kent as well. Yeah, because he 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 has the he 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 has those Clark like when he's when he's not Superman, when he's not when his role doesn't require him to be Superman, he really leans into that Clark Kent role, especially when he's with people who don't know his dual identity. You know, when he's at home with the family, it he he has that balance of still being Clark, but not necessarily being Superman, Mr. Fix-It. He, he, he plays that role. He walks that line between human and superhuman really well. But when he's out in public as Clark and with people who don't know who he is, he has those, that, those quirky Clark qualities, you know, like mm -hmm. how Clark is supposed to be a klutz and all of that. So he, does, he plays those, and I'm going to say he plays those three characters well, even though it's one person, he does it so well. Um, so Tyler Hecklin does a great job. And with everything on the CW being up in the air since they've been bought, bought um, and the, the new owners have gone on the record to say the only reason why they kept most of the shows that they kept is because the lineup had already been set. But next year, um, they're probably going to cancel everything. Like they put them on a all the shows on a really strict budget. So um, even All-American, which is the highest rated show in the CW, which has been for a long time, um, you know, all of those shows are probably going to have to find a new home, if not in. Um, so I Netflix, thinking, baby, come on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, All-American and All-American Homecoming, which is getting better, they definitely need, even Superman series needs, maybe HBO, but I don't know, because HBO has become a clusterfuck since the Discovery dude has taken it over. Um, HBO Max, all of that, uh, you know, and since that is a DC property, 
uh, I was going to say, but I, I don't know. He, he's probably going to go all in on trying to get the, the movie DC Universe, the DCU up. And I don't know if he would want that 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 crossover. But um, if Cavill wouldn't have come back, then like they were making the pitch for, uh, what's his name? The Flash dude, Grant Gustin, to be the Flash or to take over for Ezra Miller. Because um, we know that this is probably Ezra's first and last movie as the Flash. Um, I, I would have said Tyler Hecklin would have been a great, that would have been great to just kind of uh, conceal the roles or just, you know, consolidate the role and have him play, um, transfer Superman over into the, the DCU. Um, but we'll see. Um, I'm kind of sad that he'll be out as the Witcher. Um, Liam Hensworth is taking over the role. You think that's going to work? Hell no. <laughs> okay. I, I, the jury is still out, but yeah, it's it's going to be a little different scene going from Henry Cavill to Liam uh, Hemsworth. Wait, he don't even have the like, I guess they were trying to go as, they were trying to go opposite of Henry Cavill, right? Because if they went kind of too close to who Henry Cavill is, how he looks and everything, then that person would never be able to make that role themselves, for, for, make them make that role their own. So I guess they kind of like casted somebody who can come in and make the role um, his own um, for that season. So we'll see. We get one more season with Henry Cavill. So at least that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Speaking of DCU, did you hear James Gunn, Guardian of the Galaxy, Marvel Star Wars, um, is taking over as the head, new head of the DCU. So he's jumping ship from Marvel, which I think he, he did... Um, he did the suicide. Didn't he do the Suicide Squad movie, the second one? I think, I think so. Yeah. 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 He did this, and he'd he'd also did um did he also did the 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 sequel series um with John Cena. Uh, I hate Suicide Squad. So whoever John Cena played in the second uh, Suicide Squad movie. He he had a he had a series on HBO Max. Um, I, I, I can't I can't tell you the name. I know who you're talking about. I know the yeah. character you're talking about. I just can't remember the name because it was so forgettable. Yeah, but they they did a series, and <clears throat> apparently the series was really good. But I I didn't care enough for the movie to try to even go make it make sense to me. Exactly. Um, so, but and it got renewed. But so now James Gunn is taking over, and I can say that I think. I think it would be good. I, I understand. And if you're truly serious about trying to put finally put DC on the map to make it compete with Marvel, then it's great to have someone who has enough inside knowledge of how Marvel works, um, the things to take from it, um, to who, who has an idea of the footprint or the blueprint that you would need to build this out to create it, but who has enough of a mind of his own so it won't be a copycat. Because, you know, James James Gunn has done some of the quirkier movies, but that but then that that's my other thing is are we now about to get a bunch of Suicide Squad and um, Guardians of the Galaxy like movies? You know, um, I'm still wanting another Robert Pattinson Batman. I want to see him be able because I think we both agreed he made a great Batman, but the way that the movie was set up in the time frame, he was still going through his grief. We really didn't get a chance to see how good of an actual 
So I, I, um, I even Robert Pattinson, like I thought he was excellent as Batman. And I, anyone remembers, I was so down on that. I was like, emo man, I love Robert Pattinson, but he's not <laughs> Batman. All of this shit. I was like, no, no. And I, I was like, yes, I, I love the movie. As long as it is, I love the movie. And I thought he did a great job. So I hope that you can continue to build on that. To everything I've heard from it about it, it's like, what the fuck are y'all doing? A musical? Really? Like, so it's just like, can we can we get something in there that's going to give us some consistency between characters and well, movies? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was gonna, it. I was gonna say, um, if. The, the first step that DC needs to do, and it's sad to say, because I agree with you on, I haven't fully kept up on it, but from what I've watched, um, I really do enjoy the Superman TV series on the CW. Um, they they got to do what Marvel did. You cut ties with everything that's not part of the universe and make it and take it in to the universe. Um, so what they would need to do is the Joker is not connected to the DC universe. That's a that's a that's a separate entity on its own. So um, it's either you bring the Joker into the universe or you cut it out completely. Um, and that's for anything. The CW shows you bring them into the DC universe or you cut them out completely. Um, that goes with Titans. Um, bring it into the DC universe or you cut it out completely. Um, they, they need to do that. You need to do a full overhaul and then sit your ass down and plan out the next 10 years, okay? That's what you need to do. Plan out the next fucking 10 years. And the 10 years starts from like 2024 because you already got movies on, on, on the calendar. You know, you may have to re redo some, some scenes or whatever like that, but that's what they're going to have to do if they're trying to actually get this off the ground. Finally. Get it yeah, off the ground. I and I agree with you. Just like how Marvel cut their production deal and no one truly understood why when the shows on um, Netflix were such a success, you understood that, okay, it has to do with the launching of Disney+. Plus. You know, um, then the, the, the kind of spinoff or runaway shows that they had on Hulu, they canceled those even though they weren't necessarily the best. Although one of them was really good. Um, there was one on Freeform that I liked um, when it was still ABC Family, I think, or Freeform. Um, but I, I really wish it kind of would have stuck around a little bit longer. It was really good. I think it got just like one season. But um, then uh, the Titans is excellent and people love it. And they're already talking about possibly canceling it. Um, like I said, no one knows what the hell the dude at HBO Discovery is doing or Warner Brothers Discovery is doing besides ruining HBO Max. And, um, you know, so it's just like, yeah. Um, so the Titans will, unfortunately, I hope this is not the last season of the Titans, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Um, but, you know, you're already a step ahead of Marvel because you have this built-in engine for you to have your TV shows. Like I said, um, Superman, the Superman show, it would be perfect on, you already have the built-in place for it, HBO, HBO Max. Let it continue there. Um the Flash is on its last legs. It, I haven't watched The Flash in a couple of seasons, so I couldn't really tell you what's going on there. But, you know, so you have a place where you can also build out the TV shows. Um, but a lot of the TV shows and made-for-TV movies that some of the heroes 
you you were doing, um, you canceled. So maybe that is a good thing considering that you have a new head and you can figure out how this is going to work. But I agree with you, starting with 2024, he needs to be mapping this out already right now, what we're gonna do in 2024, what's going to be our new slate. What is, since we can't really rely on the Flash movie to be the tent pole that we thought it was going to be, okay, what are we gonna do with Wonder Woman 3? How do we make them all come together? Um, I agree with you. I understand Joaquin Phoenix. I understand I understand Joaquin Phoenix's rock moment um, when he was like, no. From the clusterfuck that is the college DCU at the moment. That, but now that it's all coming together, um, Joaquin Phoenix is an excellent Joker. You need to bring him in or let it go and get a new Joker if he doesn't want to do it, you know? Um, I, could you imagine him and Robert Pattinson <laughs> going head to head in a Batman movie? Like, it, I, I'm just thinking Star about Star power, because Robert Pattinson can act. I, I, yeah. Don't sleep on Robert. Phoenix is, Robert and Joaquin is a great actor, you know? So I, I, I just see that and it, it's giving me like ledger Christian Bell, but that was a great movie and it was a great it's it's giving me those type of vibes calls back to just that drama and that the drama that was between the two. Um so I'm like you have the parts in place. It's just do you know how to use them? Um mm -hmm. so I'm interested to see what James Gunn is going to bring to the table. Um speaking of sexy, your baby oh, daddy, oh, your boo. Heck yeah, sexy, come on. People's sexiest man alive. Finally. This is his yes. first time? This is his first time. Wait, wait. I know you're fucking lying. You're wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Let's research this real quick, Eddie. Let's research this real quick. You're telling me Blake Shelton was named Sexiest Man Alive? Come on, now. Everybody know that was an outlier, and everybody dragged people for choosing Blake Shelton. It was the worst choice that they ever did. And Adam Levine was the Sexiest Man Alive before Chris Before, Patton. yep. Mm -hmm. let, me, let me, wait, wait. Let me research this. Has I know you fucking. Chris, I know you gotta be fucking lying. I know there's no way. Chris, I hear you typing on the Google machine. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> Ever been sexiest? No, first time, Eddie. I know you're fucking lying, dude. First time. This, look, as the kids say, that's straight cat man. That. No, uh, uh, no way. The travesty. <clears throat> no, oh. he. This is his first time. It's his first time. But here's the thing: I found something out because okay, so there's one person. I am so happy. I want to say it first. I'm so so happy, so ecstatic because I find Chris Evans to be absolutely like one of the sexiest men I've ever seen and not only his physical but like his personality just makes him even more sexy one of the sexiest men in Hollywood <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there right now okay so sad that he is no longer Captain America all right I cannot see his just amazingness but anyway I have one person that I have been waiting forever to be sexiest man alive okay can you guess who don't tell me Zach Efron. Fuck no. Come on now. Colin. No. Okay. <laughs> it's not Zach Efron. It's not Colin Farrell. Um, 
Jason Momoa? But Jason Momoa's been sexiest man alive. No, no, no. He, um, okay. He is one of, I would say, one of the best actors. Um, but he's kind of very private. DiCaprio? Huh? No, not DiCaprio. Come on now. That's your boo. I'm not gonna take your boo from you. (laughs) He's a very, very private person. He's married to a Hispanic woman. Oh, gosh. Ben Affleck's been sexiest man alive. Who? I said Batfleck? I don't know. Ryan Gosling. Oh. Right? Yeah. Um, Because, you know, like, you remember when Ryan was at the height of his, like, career? Like, he was in everything. It was, like, one year he was in everything. And everybody was just like, Ryan Gosling is going to be sexiest man. I think that was the year that it was either... Um, Shelton or one of the people I think who came after him or something like that and so Ryan Gosling has never been sexiest man alive and everybody's just like how the heck do y'all bypass Ryan Gosling you know what I found out what he's turned them down over five times oh wow so I'm not surprised yeah he's a very very private individual I get it but like at first I was just like how do you not choose Ryan Gosling to be the sexiest man alive like how has this man not had that title including Chris Evans but how has that man not had the title and then I found out well he turned it down like five times they've offered it like they were offering it year after year after year and he said no because you have to accept the title they're not just giving it to you to give it because you know you got to come in do the photo shoot and everything and so he said no. And I was just like, okay, that makes sense. Because there's no way he wouldn't be. But so happy about Chris Evans. Oh, he deserves it. He so deserves it. Well, okay. So I learned some, chalked that into learning something new every year. Because um, I was going to say, well, 2023 is Gosling's year. Because, you know, he has a lot of movies coming out next year. Um, so, but um, if he turns it down. I'm not surprised that he turns it down, but I he's definitely one of my favorites. And he just seems like a nice, um, laid back, humble kind of everyday guy. Like, this is my job. This isn't me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the success, the fame is just a byproduct of me being very good at my job, but it's not something I live for. And I love that. Um, I, I, you know, and I'm not dogging by who, who plays into their celebrity or anything like that, but you can tell there's some people who just live for it, like without that fame without that the or that clout that they think comes with it then you can tell that they they you know you know what I'm trying to say yep I got you. yeah so oh okay cool well um yeah and I agree with you Chris Evans he could get it let me stop <laughs> let me roll before I get charged with sexual harassment oh so uh, switching gears really quick um music uh Taylor Swift uh did you we kind of talked about last our last episode um album had just dropped or it was dropping um did you ever listen to it you're not a big Taylor I did 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 you like it um half and half so I think it's a phenomenal album huh Uh, I'm listening um I think it's a phenomenal album all around because one thing I said is um she's very very talented I'm just not a fan of hers but um I can definitely recognize her talent um she's an amazing songwriter um the first half of her album loved it like I think there's one song that I skipped because I just couldn't get into it uh it just had a weird beat it really didn't flow with me um but the second half is where I kind of tune out a little bit 
um, to some of the songs. Uh, I was like, oh shoot, but um, but overall, I, I I think it's one of her one of the best. I think it's her it's her grown and sexy because you know what I'm gonna say this. I love um, Potty Mouth Swift. Okay, she was throwing those f bombs around in every song. I'm all about that. Okay, so is is it her lemonade? Is it her lemonade? Is it her? Is it? I'm. Is it, you know, I'm. I'm. I'm one of the. I'm the minority on. I didn't like lemonade. Right. Okay. But um, um. Yes. As far as it being her, I. As far as it being because. I'm Even grown though, as hell, and you can no longer tell me what the fuck to do. Yes, like, like owning her sexy, owning her womanhood. Like, you know, to me, Lemonade was Beyonce's. I am motherfucking Beyonce. I'm not just Jay Z's. For the people who thought of her as just Jay Z's wife now, or people who thought of her as just the front person, uh, front person of Destiny's Child. For the people who thought of her as just, you know, um. I thought that was basically her coming out album. Like, I, this is me, motherfucker. Take it or leave it. Like, I'm here. That I am woman. Hear me roar. Like, that's her grown-up album. Yeah, like, explaining it like that, yes. Um, because I'm going to be honest. Like, I've listened to Taylor Swift on and off, um, you know, throughout the years uh, since, you know, she first came out. and Well, since she first made a name for herself and became mainstream. And um, what I will say is, yes, I think this is her the first the first real album that I've listened to where I can hear her grown and sexy. Like I can hear I'm a grown ass woman. Like I, 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 I can see that of her. She's no longer a child um, because, you know, a lot of times they they stick that label even into their 20s. Um, you're still seen as a young girl or a young adult, but she's a full grown adult now. Um, and that's what I loved about the album. Like I thought it was more, um, it had more of an adult sound to me. Like it's no longer geared towards teenagers. It's geared towards her fans who have grown up with her, who are now also full grown adults. And so I think that's what makes it such an amazing album. Um, in my opinion, compared to even the last album that um, that she put out. I think this is the first one where I'm like, I see Taylor Swift, she's a grown adult, and there's no, like, youngness in her anymore. Like, she yeah. about her business now. Yeah, like, she's embracing her womanhood. She's not a 30-year-old yes. still trying to make music for kids. Yeah. No, she's not. Okay, I get it. Um, well, would it surprise you to know that Midnight broke it broke a bunch of records, way too many to even go into. It's but, <laughs> Yeah. And I, I, but I think this one is really shocking. Like, I wasn't surprised it was number one on the Billboard Hot 200, okay, which is the album chart. Um, I'm not surprised it debuted number one. I'm not surprised that it broke some streaming records on Amazon and Apple. I'm not surprised at all. What shocked the shit out of me is that the week that it came out, it owned all 10 spots on the Billboard Hot 100, which is songs. So top 10 for that first week all belong to Taylor Swift from the Midnight's album. I was like, and that's the first time that has ever happened. Not the Beatles, not Presley, not Michael Jackson. None of them have ever had. Now there have been artists who've had multiple songs in the top 10 at the same time, mm -hmm. but none of them have dominated one through 10 like that ever. So kudos to her. Um, for doing that, and I Question. was like, "Oh wow, huh?" Yeah. What's your favorite song from um, from Midnight's? Mm -hmm. 
I think it would probably be Lavender, uh, those three <gasps> that I really like. Lavender Haze, uh, Maroon, and Midnight Rain. Those are probably my top three. Oh, Eddie. We, look, look at that, Eddie. We've been in agreement for a while now. <laughs> like, like, is an asteroid about to come down and hit us? Um, <laughs> so I... So, okay, so I'm looking at the album now, right? And there are some songs I never got to because it's such a freaking long album. Um, so, I know K-pop has spoiled those. those yes, with those like five <laughs> or six songs. Um, so like the last like five or six songs on her album, um, I don't think I necessarily have fully gotten through and listened. But I will say so far, my top three is Lavender Haze, Love It, Favorite, As Soon As I Heard It, Within the first couple lines, it was already favorited. It was already put on a couple playlists. Love that song. Um, I love Snow on the Beach. Oh, yeah. With, with Lana Del Rey. Rey. Oh, my gosh. Like, just Her shout yeah. out to Janet Jackson. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then um, Question. Love Question. Um so, so far, those are the three. And I love Anti-Hero as well. I love Anti-Hero. Um, I listen to it, and that's on, that's on repeat as well. But those first three, those are the songs that I automatically put a heart next to. I was just like, yes, love it, love it, love it. Um, so, like I said, I'm not necessarily a Taylor Swift fan, but I can fully understand her talent. And I have definitely um, loved this album more than I loved some of her previous albums that she's come out with. Yeah, um, I'm. I I've grown into my swiftiness. Um, I I, you know, I'm a huge country music fan. So I I knew her when she was um, when she just started country music. She had a song about one of my favorite country music artists to this day, Tim McGraw. Um, and then as she made the crossover, you know, I remember I was watching the MTV Video Music Awards when Kanye bullied her, um, thought that was bullshit. Still didn't turn me into an instant Taylor Swift fan, but I, I felt for her in that moment, right? Um, and then I think when the transition for me started was when she released Red. And that's when I really paid attention. I think it was enough time removed between the situations where I was like, okay, I'm not doing this for the bandwagon, but all right. So I loved Red. Um, and then I've been, you know, there's some albums since that have been hit or miss, but I, I I really became a bigger fan. And, I, and I've always said that she's grown into her voice. She's become a better singer. Her songwriting has always been there. Girl is, you can say whatever you want. It's one of those things where it's like, love her or hate her, you can't say that the girl is not a hell of a songwriter. I agree. Uh, so you know and, and anyone and, who does is lying and they're a hater they're, they're just a hater like you don't have to be a taylor swift fan to acknowledge that she is an excellent a phenomenal songwriter um and so that that's how it's come along and so like i said it, it's just been wild and you know and there have been some moments where i'm like damn taylor you're not this is not a good look on you you know so but um, and, but we're human. We, you're not going to agree with anyone hundred percent of the time. You're not, you know, there's some things. Um, but so I, 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 I think I agree with you. This is, this is her moment. Like this is her lemonade in the sense that this is her grown album. Like this is the full transition to where I am me. I'm a grown ass woman now, love it or hate it. Fuck you deal with it. Don't deal with it, whatever. But, and I can appreciate that. So um, she's gearing up for her biggest tour ever, um, the Midnight's tour. Um, 
which I, I haven't decided if I want to even try to go get tickets for. I figure I have to sell a kidney. But then I was like, ooh, okay. But word on the streets are that Beyonce, you know, Queen B and Riri, they're also possibly going to tour next year. So I might have to give up some blood, a kidney, you know, anybody that needs a transplant, <laughs> let me know. Go see if I'm a match. Um, so 2023, and I know you're not big on concerts, but 2023 is shaping up to be a big year. And I'm excited. A friend, an old friend, someone I had lost touch with, actually uh, texted me uh, and said, yo, is this still your number? And when I saw it, it was really late. And I'm like, okay, it, it can't be that big of an emergency because we we haven't talked in like years, right? Mm-hmm. So I text back the next day. I'm like, yeah, hey, stranger, still me. And they had extra tickets to the 1975. Oh my God, are you serious? I've already seen them in concert once and they are excellent. Excellent. And I'm like, yes. I know you were excited about that. I love that new album, Being Funny. I love it. Yes. So um, I'll let y'all know in the next rewind how the concert is. But I'm going to see the 1975. So happy. (laughs) Um, okay, so speaking of albums to drop, RM Indigo first full length solo, not a mixtape, dropping uh December 2nd. Are you excited? Yes, (laughs) (laughs) you know, RM is my bias, like, I am so excited about um him coming out with new um music um because I didn't think he would be next in line, so I'm very, very excited. Uh, about that to see because you know his flow is sick so um, yeah definitely can't wait to see like what he puts out yeah I know you didn't like his part in sexy new Kim I love it I love that song but I, I just love listening to R.M. rap and I, I love his flow and I just I, I love when he just goes you know um, so I, I I think and just from what he said like um, if you haven't read it yet or if um, even if you don't want to read it, go to YouTube. And did you see this interview with him and Pharrell? I didn't, but it did come up on um, it did come up on my uh, list. I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I just haven't you watched haven't, it yet. When you have a spare 23 minutes or 20, 25 minutes, I highly recommend you watch it. It's a really good interview. And just from what he said, since Lemonade is the theme of the day, um, I think this is going to be his lemonade. I think this is going to be really one of the first times where we get to meet, like how we met J-Hope um, with Jack in the Box, how it was his coming out, not just as J-Hope from BTS. Um, and I told you before, that was one of my problems with with the exception of Sugar, who's just always been like, fuck it, I'm going to do me. He's always been Augustine. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. Like Sugar is his... Uh, Sugar is his alternate persona. Like, Sugar is his Clark Kent, okay? Augustine mm-hmm. is the Superman. Like, it, it, you know, he's the one who's always probably been the most vocal about BTS was a means to an end, and he just didn't expect to love it like he did or for it to be like it is, right? So um, just like we finally got to see the real J-Hope as far as musically and him branching out, um, I think we are finally going to get to meet the real RM, the man behind all of that. Um, 
you know, no longer having to worry about being the front, the front man for DPS or the leader of DPS. I think we get to meet RM as RM, and I am excited about you that. You mean we get to meet Namjoon? Yeah, or we get to meet the dude who collabed with Wale. And if you go back to some of his older collabs, I think Sexy New Kim in the verse and just seeing his flow. Rat monster. Yeah, I think we're getting back to him just being who he is. Like, I think it's like, okay, we've been BTS. We've done all we, not all we can as BTS, but we've made our mark in BTS. We've earned this. We now get to be ourselves. We don't have to do, you know, so... And I think it's kind of like shedding that skin where you can just kind of be, and he doesn't have to worry. Like, cause, and I told you this with the mixtape. I always felt like they were still, even though I know Army is there and I know that's part of the audience, I always felt like there was still some BTS behind it. Like, does that make sense? The fool, like it was made with the awareness that I can't say this, I can't do that because of. Mm-hmm. But now I think that's kind of I think that's kind of gone, gone. So I think this is I think this is all of their grown and sexy moments, if that if that makes sense. So I'm really looking forward to it. You like Jen Astronaut? I didn't listen to it. What? I didn't like his tuna song. It's so different than the tuna song. This is Jen. Okay, it well makes, I'll go I, listen to it at some point, but. I like I looked at the um the news the list that song. you sent me. Mm-hmm. Hmm? I, I looked oh, at the ahead. news list that you sent me and I was just like, oh shoot. Cause because you wrote down what do you think? And I was like, oh shoot, I didn't listen to it. <laughs> I was like, I didn't listen to the song yet. I have been I look, um, I think Jen is the second best vocalist in BTS. I will put it out there. Um, he has grown so much vocally um, compared to all the others. Um, and but at the same time, like I feel like he's the one that cares the least about making a name for himself in the business. Like, um, and so like when he puts out stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, like it's gonna sell because it's BTS and it's Jin, but like, you know what he pulled out before then again you know what maybe not because you remember that birthday song he put out mm-hmm. that was actually really good I okay like i'll listen to it. it i haven't listened to it yet I'll, so we can't talk about it a, until i listen to it okay it's along the line i'm just gonna tell you this it's along the lines of a diss it's not the tuna super tuna was supposed to be a joke even he said i can't believe y'all did this super tuna is a joke right um why he released so, it that's playing anyway why did well, I think it was. A, I think they dared him to, or he was bored. He, he was having a. But you played moment, into. But, you played your fans. That's playing you know, your fans because you know they'll buy anything. But and so, um, but it was co-written. It was co-written by Coldplay. He and Chris Martin were having a conversation, um, and it goes back to what I said when they first went on hiatus that this has to do with the military. So he was telling them that he was going to have to go away. And so he wanted to write a song that would express how he felt. So they came up with the astronaut. Um, He performed it in Argentina with um, Chris Martin Coldplay a few weeks ago. Um, It's actually a song. It's actually a good song. And it kind of made Like good on like what level? Like give me, give me a song. It, my favorite gin release is Abyss. And it's a song, it's not like, it's not like, ooh, I got to listen to it every day. Um, so I'm not going to say it's the best song ever, but it, it's a really, it's a good song. I think it served its purpose. It got his release because I told you 
um, that he wasn't gonna he was gonna be the one that did not come out with a full album that he was mm-hmm. probably gonna do the we did say, the yeah we did talk about that the single or the B side so it, it served that purpose um, it's not it's definitely not super tuna um, and it does showcase just how how much he's grown as a vocalist. Um, you know, it's his, it's, it's in his wheelhouse. It's a ballad, of course. Um, and, and, and so I, other than that, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you listen and see what you think. The video is really cute. Um, I love the video. Um, and it, it's just typical gin. It kind of makes me wish when I heard it, I'm like, I wish I, and I'm, forgive me for saying this, but I'm with you. I wish he cared enough to actually put out a full solo album or at least a full has solo the voice. EP. Yes, it, it makes me want, just like Abyss, um, his COVID release song or whatever, his last real single that I take seriously. Um, I was like, gosh, I would love to hear, even if he just did an EP um, with four songs, you know, I would love to hear more of Jen. But yeah, so that, that's where Astronaut ranks up for me. So um, did you hear about like how he's already got his plan for enlistment and everything? The only thing they're waiting for is what day he's actually enlisting. Oh no, I did not. Yeah, like so they've already put out exactly where he's going to be doing basic training, um, or what troop he's going to be in for basic training. Um, so the only thing that, and I think the best thing for Hyde to do is not to release his enlistment date because that would just be idiotic. Um, is you know one day we're going to wake up and he will have enlisted in the military. Yeah, and then you can just show us a picture of his haircut after the fact. Yes. yes. Um, I, I, I cannot wait because he has a full head of hair. Yeah. I'm like, oh and my God, I, I don't know how like, he's going to look with a bus cut. <laughs> and I, and I, you know what? I love long hair at BTS. I love them all with longer hair. I do. And Sugar's hair is so pretty. Like, this is the first time they, like, I don't know if you've seen Sugar's hair. Like, yes, I have. So pretty, and this is the first time he's really let it grow this long. I'm like, oh, oh, he's gonna have to cut that soon. <laughs> and you know how I feel about long hair J and VK, J and VK. You know how I feel about long hair B and JK. That's just like nobody tops Jimin though, because Jimin with long hair and that when he does the hand thing and he pushes his hair back and it still falls into place. Yeah. So. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, so speaking of JK, yeah. he's performing at the opening ceremony in, in Cutter. Um, I did you know, see that. Uh, so looking forward to that. I wonder if that if it's going if he's going to be live or if it's just going to be what he was there filming um, a couple of weeks ago, or if he's actually going to go back to Cutter um, for the opening ceremony. So we'll see. And um, Eminem has made it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame finally. Congratulations, Mr. Lose Yourself. I love Eminem. I still love old school Eminem. I will go back and listen to him any day. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of this new school hip hop. I don't know what it is. I can do a song or two, but there aren't any really just full length albums that I just have to have. Um, yeah. I, I agree with that. Makes, if that yeah. makes me just, oh, I don't know. I, I just I just can't. The skill um, isn't the same. I'm sorry. I I have this discussion with people all the time. The skill isn't the same. Like they, they're not expected to have the skill set that um, rappers um, in the early two thousands and uh, we're not even gonna talk about the nineties, but just the early two thousand, the two thousand tens. Like 
um, even in 2010s, like they were expected to have a certain skill set. And I feel like um, the more closer we get into mid 2020s, like the, the it's not required anymore um, um, for them. You know, like you yeah. can't understand anything they're saying, but they're still like the top rappers. And I'd be like, uh, yeah, I don't see it. Yeah, and even like my favorite, one of my favorites, uh, Drake and Twenty One Savage, they just dropped a new album, and I wasn't crazy about that. I didn't like the way Drake went after Megan and Serena. I was just about uh, to say, did you hear like, about that, yo? Yeah, that was bullshit. Like, first of all, again, it ranks up there with you don't have to be a Megan the Stallion fan. You don't. I get it, she, but don't she's put not for everyone to the situation. But you can't deny what the fuck <laughs> happened to her. Those are two completely. It don't matter if he's your friend or not. Your friend's lying to you if he says that he didn't do it. Like, just stay out of it completely. Like, his. How many times does his story have to fucking change? First, he didn't do it. Then he did it, but he wasn't aiming at her. Then it was. I mean, like, how many times does it have to change? There's been enough evidence that they're actually going to trial for this bullshit. Like, just shut the fuck up. Like, you know. And again. What does a black woman have to do to get protection from a black man? Give like respect. y'all want us, you want us to cape and ride for you all the fucking time, but y'all won't do the same for us. And that you know that's a whole nother conversation that could last a whole nother that we don't have time for. But you get where I'm going with that. Fan or not, what happened happened, and the facts don't change. The truth is the truth. He did some pit, whether he was drunk, whether you know. It it could have I'm not sure what it would have taken, but I, his lying and the gaslighting I'm sure has made it so much worse for everybody, you know. So yeah, um, and then you going after like you and Serena Williams have been over for years, dude, years. Wait, I'm sorry, what? Oh, you didn't hear about the Serena part? Wait, no, 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 no. Serena Williams dated Drake. Yeah. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. She knows she got better taste than that. Well, you know. Oh, I mean, I guess. Okay, I can see it. I can, I can see it. I can see it. But, oh, I guess, like, he must have really loved her then. I don't know, but. Something, he went after her? But her, called her husband a fucking groupie. He called her husband a groupie who's mm-hmm. an entrepreneur in his own right? Mm-hmm the fuck you don't need to ride on her coattails oh my god i can't i just can't and then you know and so he her uh, alexis responded what there's no one i'd rather be a groupie for than my wife and my daughter like touche baby touche you know so it, it it's just like really is this where we are now and so you know knowing that the whole album and the promotion for it has been a joke i'm like okay is this supposed to be your bad idea of satire because it's not funny you know, uh, they're being sued by Vogue for the fake Vogue covers promoting copyright infringement and all that shit. So I'm like, even Anna Wintour and them didn't find this shit to be funny. Like, I don't know. I, I'm not crazy. I'm, you know, I'm not crazy about all the misogynistic R&B that's coming out now. The whole toxic masculinity shit. You knew I was a cheater when you got with me. That whole uh, Nick Cannon. I call it the Nick Cannon version of R&B where, oh, that consensual non-monogamy or whatever the fuck it is speaking of which he's about to have his 12th kid so 
All yeah, of that. I saw that. Now, now, now you're getting ridiculous. Now people are saying like, okay, he must be starting a cult. This got to be a cult thing. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a cult thing. You know, and it, it, it has to be like his little harem, and well, they don't have to get along whatever you know but then when one woman comes out says that she can't afford a nanny and all this shit they're like well you take care of them. well you keep giving these women and i'm responsible too because you can say no like no i'm no we're not doing that like i'm with you it's ridiculous okay but anyway so palette cleanser do you remember the uh the spindle top and the light brights and the masters of the universe like those games no you don't? No. Oh my gosh. Well, they all made it into the Toy Hall of Fame. Did you know that there was a Toy Hall of Fame? I did not know that there was a toy, Toys Hall of Fame. Now there I'm is a to toy. Know what other toys made it in? I know. So, um, and I say that because now I want to go to the Toy Hall of Fame. I yes. Really do. Where is it located? Oh, oh my gosh! Let me pull it back up. I just had it too. Uh, I was like, <laughs> I should, I should have written it down when I had it. That but makes yes, me a little excited, Eddie. <laughs> I know to know that we can go to the Toy Hall of Fame. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, here it is. The Toy Hall of Fame is located in um, Rochester, New York. So it's up your way. Oh heck yeah. <laughs> We need to go to the Toy Hall of Fame, Eddie. <laughs> I, I'm so excited. Like, yes, we can go. It's called the, okay, so here's the name of it. It's called the Strong National Museum of Play um, in Rochester. <laughs> and that's where the Toy Hall of Fame is located. So I just get in here and be a kid forever. And Toys R Us is actually making a comeback. Um, you know, they went broke. They went under filed Chapter 11 or bankruptcy and closed all their stores. But they actually have a collab, like they have pop-up shops in Macy's, so a little uh, Toys RS section in Macy's, which I think is really great because, you know, um, these kids these days, it's just video games. I'm like, what cool toys do they actually have? So, anyway. I think that's um, like your best palate cleanser yet, Eddie. The Toy Hall of Fame? The Toy Aww. Hall of Fame. Even better than the $1.2 million gold toilet? Definitely better than the <laughs> $1.2 million toilet. <laughs> all right and see i didn't think this would be that long i was like oh this is a short one but no we actually okay but anyway well since we've been gone a while you got two for one people um yes. <laughs> that does it for this episode of the rewind please be sure to like listen and follow and comment anywhere where you can listen to your favorite podcast we are there find us at the popcorn wine down you can also keep up to date on the latest in entertainment pop culture news as well as other amazing kernels of pop culture goods goodness at the popcornwindown.com. That's it. That's the plug. Pop, 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 pop. And until next time, I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Bye. Peace.